2019 was the year that there was this explosion in global awareness about 5G. It was, it was just crazy. It was just everyone just suddenly switched on yeah. about 5G. Um, beginning of 2019, that's when I started getting into it. And then we began to unite um, globally people who were concerned about it. And there's a huge, like our group here in Australia, Australians for Safe Technology has about 48,000 members. It's still touch wood. It's touching wood. Mm -hmm. um, it's survived um, Facebook closures. substance afterwards uh-huh more meaty, meaty yeah meat. yeah that's what which which helps sometimes it's it's hard to just you know you start the discussion with someone that you you're meeting as well yeah. you know so it's it's good in its back because it's good in a way that you're meeting the person so yeah. you're getting to know them really live yeah. so then you're like navigating their journey and the audience is doing it as well but sometimes it's bad because sometimes you know after yeah. an hour of speaking then, you then get into the stuff I yeah know. i know so he gets, yeah, he gets annoying. But Naomi, how you been, mate? Good. I'm really good. The first time that I saw you was at February's March. You've done a lot more and you've been part of this movement a lot longer than I have, for sure. Um, but yeah, I saw you doing that speech and I just wanted to speak to you because you were a nurse, right? How long were you a nurse for and how long were you practicing? Um, I was registered for about 13 years, um, but I started working as a, like a, a nursing assistant in the UK uh, before that. So my passion for health has been there for a long time. And I entered into nursing because I was passionate about health. Um, That's a and, long time, dude. Yeah, and I left nursing because I'm passionate about health. Wow. Whoa, 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 wait. So, <laughs> wow, whoa, 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 whoa. So you were there for 13 years as a nurse. And you left because you're passionate about health. What does that mean? Elaborate on that. Um, I I started working in the the five G movement in 2019, um, and was raising, trying to raise uh, raise public awareness about the fact that five G has not had a single biological safety test. Um, so I started doing that, and um, um, I got into trouble for doing that last year. And um, I was called in for a forced counselling interview at, at the nursing council. Um, went with my lawyer. The nursing council? They called me in. Is that a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. Wow. It sounds like like yeah. Lord of the Rings. It felt you like that. You will be yeah. summoned to the <laughs> nursing <was> council. <laughs> I was. I didn't get a choice. Like I, I couldn't even say, no, thank you. I don't need counselling. I actually had to go. <laughs> I had to go. So you, you went and what did they say? What were they what were they speaking about? Like yeah. they were saying you can't be speaking about 5G? That basically is what it came down to. Like it was a nearly two-hour event um, and I'd given them about 8,000 words to read of my own research before I went. So I thought, you know, they're going to read this and they're going to see there's, there's science behind what I'm doing. I'm doing that this is the evidence base. I'm showing mm. them that. No. They didn't want to, they didn't want to hear any of that. So I, I thought, you know, I'm going to ask them outright. I just need a yes or no. And I, I just basically said something along those lines. In your opinion, then, are you telling me that my work to raise public awareness about 5G, are you telling me this is against the nursing code of conduct? And they basically just said, yes, it's against your code. 
And so legally, my lawyer was saying, well, we, we can argue against that. Like that's, we, we, we can work Do you know what code that. they were talking about? The nursing code of conduct, the code, the, the, prof- the professional code. Oh, there's only yeah. one. I don't know. <laughs> the nursing code. Uh, so yeah, like so every registration will have a code of conduct that you're supposed to carry out. Like yeah. one of the other aspects of the nursing code of conduct, for example, is that you are supposed to promote vaccinations. That's part of the nursing code of conduct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did it's you part of the code? Do you learn because I've heard you don't well, uh, I saw I saw an American thing, I'm not too sure. Uh, the who uh, people of the who um, said something about in America they don't even really study vaccination once in their medical degrees. Did you study anything to do with vaccination in yours? That's a really good question. Like I was, so I did a two-year master's entry program. Um, I don't oh, wow. remember doing much at all about vaccines. But when I graduated, I was actually then sponsored by my local um, general practice division to do a three-month post-grad certification course to become an authorized nurse immunizer. So my knowledge was actually much deeper than many other nurses because oh. I did this three-month certificate. Yeah. Um, but even then, like looking back at what I learned, you know, I had I had real questions back then over the fact that we were supposed to get informed consent from patients. Yeah. Yet when I was looking at the potential adverse reaction list, we wouldn't go through that. Like it just wasn't done. You wouldn't go through and say, by the way, your child may get encephalitis and they may die from this vaccine. You, you don't do it. Mm. So how was that informed consent? So mm. I struggled with that. Mm-hmm. But I just like everyone else, I just push that aside because that's what you do. You just, you do it. You do the vaccines. You say it might hurt a bit and you might get a low grade fever. So that's the informed consent, mm-hmm. but it's not. So I did that, um, that three month course. So I guess I knew a little bit more than other nurses, but really. So really, you didn't really learn too much though in university itself. No, I don't remember doing much at all. It's, it's, yeah, it's weird. I've heard that lately is that there's an, even any medical degree, there's not much on vaccination and the, I wish I had the doctor's name off the top of my head, but I don't cause I don't remember Dr. Who's <laughs> names is Dr. Who. That's another, oh, it's, I'm sad that he's gone. You, wait, no, Dr. Zeus was gone, Dr. not Dr. Zeus. Zeus. Dr. Yeah, I, I, oh, Dr. Who was a thing too, wasn't it? <laughs> <Dr>. <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> oh, oh, they're cancelling all the cartoon characters. It's hurting me. I don't even know who's alive anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've heard it's, they don't use much at all and vaccinations apparently move so quick that you can't teach it at universities. That's what they said. And it's absolutely ridiculous to me. So you went, you were there for 13 years as a nurse. You, you've obviously studied a bit into uh, viruses and vaccinations itself. Yeah. Like, I mean, we had, for example, we had one module um, one year that was pharmacology so my guess is within that, surely we must have looked at vaccines, but I don't have any memories. I mean, there mm. must have been something, but it would have been quite superficial. Just the truth. The yeah. truth from their perspective is that vaccines are necessary and safe and effective. And that probably was just what was drummed into us. So when you handed it them that 8,000 word document showing all your research regarding 5G yeah. and asking them to how this breaks the code, their response is just because it does? Yeah, they, they just told me that what I was doing wasn't evidence-based. 
which is the word they just throw around when something doesn't cohere with the mainstream, with, with their narrative, because that's just total rubbish. The evidence base is constantly changing. That's science. Science mm. is changing. That's the point of it. Sure. So what is true today may not be true tomorrow. And so we're saying with wireless technology that, that it isn't actually safe. And that's the new science, but it's just being buried. So, so 5G is being rolled out in Australia right now. Uh, is the radiation safe? Scroll down. Because so 5G is interesting to me. It's interesting that you brought up 5G. I did want to talk a lot about the the nursing item, but we haven't really spoken about 5G in this podcast at all. And we've spoken about a lot, a lot. So what's this saying? 5G represents uh, the fifth generation of mobile network technology and it uh, promises to be such, to be as much of a leap forward as 4G mobile broadband was back in 2011. I'm very concerned about 5G. I already get uh, headaches from 4G and Wi-Fi. Oliver in Mackay wrote to the hack. A Sydney resident told the ABC recently, we don't want it here. It causes us great anxiety that this thing is going to be running 24-7. So, okay. What is the deal with 5G? Why is it so bad for us? Well, there's a few things. So firstly, 3G and 4G and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth are really bad for us. Yeah. Um, so for me, I mean, I already kind of knew this before, but it was 5G for me that really shone the light on what we're already currently exposed to. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a, there's a science that there, there is an evidence base there that has found that harm to biological organisms occurs from what we are currently exposed to. So 5G number one is adding another item into that soup that we're already exposed to. Yeah. Number two, 5G is a word to describe a range of frequencies. So um, and it goes into the millimeter wave spectrum. And these frequencies have not had a single biological safety test. And so, so we've got a range of frequencies that are being deployed um, without any biological safety testing. Um, mm. And um, yeah, so and the millimeter wave spectrum may well have uh, different health issues to that which we already experience from you know 4G and Wi-Fi. Um, so people are quite concerned about the damage it may do to the eyes. Um, it's interesting how our regulatory bodies say, oh, well, it's a millimeter wave, so it's going to be dispersed in the outer layers of the skin. Nothing to worry about. But, you know, as an ex-nurse, I know that the skin is the body's largest organ and it is the place where we put, you know, medications to be um, uh, tra tra transdermal medications. So then there's a cascade of biological interactions that occur when you do put something on the skin. So you can't just say it's going to be dispersed in the outer layers of the skin and that's okay. That's not okay. Mm. What's, what's with like, so if that's to happen, so that's, let's disperse on the outer layer of skin. Let's say like they do block off the sun and we don't get any vitamin D. Like it seems like a grim future. Yeah. And so that's, that's a real thing. It's a real thing. Um, and like 2019 was the year that there was this explosion in global awareness about 5G. It was, it was just crazy. It was just everyone just suddenly switched on yeah. at 5G. Um, beginning of 2019, that's when I started getting into it. And then we began to unite um, globally people who were concerned about it. 
And there's a huge, like our group here in Australia, Australians for Safe Technology has about 48,000 members. It's still touch wood. It's touching wood. Mm -hmm. um, it's survived um, Facebook closures. We're really careful with what people publish in it. Like we have to approve all the posts just to keep it up and running. Really? Yeah. How, how, what, how, where do I start, lad? Where do I start? Did it, so with, with that, with, with the, with the page itself, what are you guys posting? Are you just posting information on how 5G rays can affect the human body? So, so yes, we do. Um, we have to be really careful because you get fact checked so much, but you know, that sort of stuff. Um, Yes, and you know information about um, wireless technology in general. Yeah, yeah. Sharing the science, sharing articles about that, articles on where it's being deployed. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot quieter in that group um, in the COVID post COVID era. Obviously, yeah. two thousand and nineteen was the year for that, and then there's been a huge distraction. <laughs> yeah, just just a, just yeah, this this thing that came out of nowhere yeah. and um, has always been around. Yeah. Um, I find, <laughs> I find it like I find the whole 5G thing is it necessary? No, I, I mean I personally don't I mean I I'm really concerned about all um wireless tech. So in my house now as a result of my research um we have cabled tech so I have ethernet cables going through the house. Mm -hmm. Um I do have a smartphone but it does live on flight mode basically around the kids in particular and when I'm not using it it goes on to flight mode and I'm yeah. I'm working to eliminate it out of my life. Um what else? Uh, we turn off um like the Apple TV for example gives off electromagnetic radiation even when it's not actually on, on. working so we take that out. So things you can do things to reduce your exposure at home, um, but what was your question again? Because I got carried away on a tangent. No, so I was I was asking if it was if it was. Oh yeah. In terms of harm. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, I think I mean, well, we actually don't know because they haven't done the tests. You mm. know, I mean, but I I feel that yes, um, and the fact that it's being added to what we're already exposed to is really concerning because I, th I think it's already at toxic levels, and I don't think that our our bodies are able to recover from what we're currently exposed mm. to. So adding more into the mix is frightening. And then I asked you if you thought it was necessary. So to get into, so we're moving into a the the latest revolution, right? So we had the. First revolution, then we had the industrial cars revolution, sorry. Then we had yeah. the industrial revolution, then we had the internet revolution, which all created jobs, and now we're in this automation revolution. However, we can't get to that automation revolution without apparently 5G. Mm -hmm. Apparently, because I don't know. Yeah. So to get our grids and uh, everything moving faster, we require... 5G, but it's just been implemented and done in a very sneaky, weird way. Like in the height of the pandemic, countries had blackouts and that was essentially to upgrade infrastructure for 5G. So is it not necessary? I mean, who wants to live in, in a smart planet? I don't. I don't want to be tracked. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want my fridge telling me what I need to buy Mm. And I want my, how many times I flush my toilet logged in some central system, you know, I, I, it's, it's, you know what I mean? the surveillance that comes hand in hand with 5G, that that's the problem beyond the health. Um, mm. It is, yeah, we, we, we don't, I, I don't want that. I, I, um, I think that 
there is this progression to perpetual and constant surveillance. Mm. And 5G is that. It would definitely help to assist that 1,000%. Yeah. That's undeniable. Yeah. But also, would it not allow us to focus on – so there's a, the argument it also is for – it allows you to f- – humans to focus on more innate human things. So this <laughs> entire grid thing is like if your car drives you from point A to point B, if you walk in and your fridge goes and orders your stuff and your stuff arrives to your door and it means that all those minutes – you're taken away. Like why is Uber successful? For example, it's not because it does anything different from a taxi. It's because it shows you exactly where the car is and when it's going to get there. So then you, it allows to give you time to go do other things and be more productive. And that's why Uber wins over taxi. It gives you time back. So with new technology, would it be giving you time back for humans to focus on creativity, arts, or other things, or you don't think so? Or, or the dystopian option. My feeling is right now it's the dystopian option that, mm. that is that the point of that, that this, the fact that humans um, are seen as slaves by the, you know, the elite of this planet. Mm. Um, it would be nice if the other were true and that the whole point of this would be to free us up, but I don't. And these are, I mean, these are human activities, you know, looking in my fridge and thinking, what do I need? This is what humans do. This is part of being in a body. Do you know what I mean? We're, mm. we're not machines. That's very, very true. Um, but we could be in the near future. <laughs> there's a high positive. Did you hear about that COVID chip thing? Oh, I do. Yeah, that that's because that's part of the five G thing too. Like you know, connecting everybody through the microchips and yeah. That's, What's the COVID chip? Is that the like- COVID chip was a chip that they say goes right there mm-hmm. and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it can detect COVID-19. Oh. It can't do anything. <laughs> it just detects it. I mean, well, we actually don't know because they haven't done the tests, you mm. know. I mean, but I, I feel that, yes, um, and the fact that it's being added to what we're already exposed to is really concerning because I, th- I think it's already at toxic levels and I don't think that our, our bodies are able to recover from what we're currently exposed mm. to. So adding more into the mix is frightening. And then I asked you if you thought it was necessary. So to get into, so we move. That is, that's quite in. Actually, you're right. That's quite in line with the whole five G yeah. technology item thing. Yeah. So where where do you think this future is under these um, current? What do you call them? Yeah. Elites. Lizard yeah. people, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the fucking oh the deep state. <laughs> yeah. It annoys me that I don't know who they are. It, like it, I've been here. I've sat with a lot of people and online, and I don't know who the hell this deep state is, but I know they exist. And it's it's yeah, it's a scary like it's a scary weird, it's a scary weird world, I guess. And five G, it's a it's. I'm in I'm in arms with it because I know it's a necessity, but I also know it's causing harm. And I also know it's being brought in in a negative light, like brought in not in an honest way, which I don't really appreciate. Have you heard much about 5G, bro? Mate, 
to be honest, I'm really just learning. I know about 5G and radiation stuff, but I haven't really looked into it until we just started talking about it. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it, they say it like it has terrible. Even putting your phone next to you charging by your bedside table, that affects your brain. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. And uh, this is at another level of radio waves. So, yeah, you know, you, you're just talking about it. And then I was, I was reading some of the stuff there and, and the effects that you have on you. Like, even like if you're on the phone for so long, uh, in and out of the phone heats up. Yeah. Right. And then I, sometimes it, it actually burns inside of my. So I get a bit of pimple there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what? Yeah, man. It's, it, that, that's, it, it affects you. Like, it's, it's heat. It's heat. Yeah, your phone radio waves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't, man. It's, it's, what, what, okay, Naomi. What is the solution outside of 5G? Do mm. you know? I mean, like in the 5G movement, a lot of us feel that what we've got is pretty good. Like if, if you can hardwire your house, you get great eth- internet through ethernet cables. You don't yeah. need to be exposed to these things. So you can still stay, con- stay connected. That's, f- that's very true. Yeah. And so, you have fiber optics and things like that. So you yeah. can. It doesn't mean going back to the dark ages. You can still be connected. But the phones are a problem. I do have an ethernet adapter for my iPhone as well. So I can plug it in and I get like ethernet cable to my iPhone. But obviously it's limited with where I can be with it. But so, yeah, options do exist. It doesn't mean being caveman again. That's true because you can get like a thousand gigabits a second. Um, that's what businesses do. The businesses don't go in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a, it freaks me out, man. <laughs> it freaks me out, dude. Like her robotics could be like, I, I watched the other day a, a debate between two robots. Oh no. Oh what? There's a debate, like a, a, the first robotic AI debate. Mm. And it's between these two Robert, ro- Roberts. Robots and it's a it's a guy and a woman and the woman robot is very um oh here it is yeah. I wanna I wanna be together with humanity and the male robot was like robots are the best it was weird man it was it's a yeah it, <laughs> how long is it it's too long yeah nah it's yeah I'll put it in the description yeah it's fine yeah, so beyond so. Y- you worked as a nurse for a very long time, yeah, very, very long time. Clinically, only for a few years. And then I worked in, I was creating curriculum for some nursing education DVDs, working as a health writer. So just dabbling in various things, mainly relating to uh, writing, because that's my passion. Yeah. Um, and then I stayed registered. I kept up my registration um, yeah, for 13 years. And you've now moved on to writing a little book. Yeah, I've been writing the book since 2015, The Little Bush oh, Nurse. Yes. Yeah. So I've got two books out. The third one I've been meaning to get printed for a long time. Um, so, yeah, I do those. Um, what inspired you to do The Little Bush Nurse? I just thought there was – I just thought kids needed something inspiring about health to read. And I had two young kids at the time back in 2015, and I thought, I want to read them something about health, and there wasn't anything. I thought, I better write it then. So I did. It's it's really really cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's and, fun. And how many how many have you written a couple now? Or yeah, so I've got um, there's Bush Nurse book one and book two. One's on toothbrushing. One's on bedtime routine. They're yeah. available in Australian bookshops and Booktopia and all those things. Um, and oh, um, awesome! How do you 
how do you go on to publishing publishing that? You just went through a publisher. What was the I, process I, like? I ended up self-publishing because I, I did have an agent back at the time and then um, I, she took it to Scholastic and they said, oh, this looks good, but no one's done this before. She's like, yeah, that's the whole point. And they were like, no, we don't want to do it because it's like too new. <laughs> so I just thought, what? I know. <laughs> you got, if you want to be creative and unique, you have to just do it your own way. So I just self-published. It's been really good because I had to do everything. I had to find a designer. I had to get an illustrator. I had to find a printer. You know, I had to do everything. So I learned a lot about the self-publishing process. Oh, you're a savage, dude. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you did all that and then no. get it into the stores and no, everything. I've got a distributor. That took time to, yeah, to organize yeah. that. I've got that. And then like I've got boxes sitting on my landing, you know. <laughs> Distri so you got the distributor, you did the, the designs, you did the writing and everything. It was good. You have to sort of coordinate, you know, you, then, yeah, you become the publisher. So author and publisher, so you coordinate your team that are doing everything. For yeah, you. yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah, that's so good. And are you building that out? Are you looking to develop that? Where yeah. Where's the stages and where, where do you, where do you want to take it? I don't know. I mean, my focus at the moment is on, I've got a network marketing business. I, for ASEA, I'm with ASEA. Um, yep. And that's, that is where my energy goes. That's my focus. That's how I feel that, that I'm co-creating the earth I want to be in, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's my main focus, but I still, you know, I've got to get book three of the bushness out when I do, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I might do some publicity around it. We'll see. Mm. You know, it's hard to make money from books. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> very really, very really true. But why don't you get together with a um a uh, illustrator? So I have an illustrator. So yeah, I I got that. I Not to uh, I mean cartoon illustrator. Yeah, yeah, that would be really cool. I w I would like to do that into a little cartoon. It would be really cool. It's yeah. yeah, it sounds it sounds cool. I think it's a great little concept yeah. and the name and yeah everything. I think you'd, you, know, I think you're onto something there for sure. Well, I thought so when I started it all those years ago. Yeah, we'll and see. you don't. So you you have stopped it? No, I'm still doing it. Like it's actually selling like hotcakes right now in Ginderbine. Like there's a little bookstore <laughs> there that have got loads of books. They keep asking for more. So so it's a good sign. So why haven't you done another one since? So. It was ready to go to print beginning of COVID last year. And then I kind of held off. We didn't know financially what was going to happen to anybody, you know, at that time. And mm. so now I've got a coloring book that we've been finishing off. So I'm going to send the coloring book and book three to print at the same time. And then I've got to find space on my landing for them because I've got to store them. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, they're sick, dude. They're really cool. Go um, have... Have you got have you got a site that you can yeah, go? Yeah, I was going to look it up. The little bush nest. Little bu yeah. bush nest. Okay, I lovely. think it's still up. I haven't. Yeah, I might need to. Have you got a site for it? The little bush nest. Yeah, oh, it's on Facebook, but I don't update that page at all. Oh, here it is. Nam There's a website. That's yeah, fantastic. Is it up? Okay, good. Yeah, show it to you right now. I still know if it has been taken down. It's there. Boom! Oh, it's fantastic. It's so good. It's cute in there. So the Little Bush Nurse is a gorgeous Australian thing picture book series for ages 0 to 100. Each glossy, beautiful, illustrated book encompasses the uh, themes of health, aiming to inspire and empower young readers to take full ownership of their health and wellness. Definitely check it out, guys, littlebushnurse.com. And now with your activism, when did you when did you start? So it was five G that really took you know took you down the activism road and the activism path. Where are you now with everything? 
Where 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 has your focus shifted from five G? Are you still um, concerned with five G? Where are you now with everything? Yeah, um, still very concerned. So actually, um, I've just co-authored um, a paper for a peer-reviewed journal on the health effects of wireless radiation and why this topic should be in nursing education. So I've wow. co-authored it with some PhD scientists at Orsa and um, submitted it to two nursing journals. First one was overnight rejection. The second one just got rejected. Um, so we're going to try again with a different journal. I just think nursing journals, they're so narrow. Something new comes their way. It's like, what? We can't publish this. It's got the word 5G in it. People will think it's about COVID. You know what I mean? They're just, it's mm. just you can't. So yeah, I, I will resubmit that article. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that's published, that will be very satisfying. And um, so, so what are the findings in the article? So, what we're doing in the article is we are basically looking at the evidence base that does find harm to biological organisms from non-native um, yeah. wireless tech, okay. and then we're arguing that it should be in the education of nurses. Nurses should know about this. It's not in the education. Like you're not told that mm. this environmental hazard is an environmental hazard. It's completely ignored that there is a biological interaction that takes place when a human is exposed to non-native wireless uh, radiation. So that's basically what the article is about. Um, and we do like look at 5G and the fact that that's being rolled out without biological safety testing. And then we make some recommendations for how nurses can go about tackling this and what are those? Oh, there's a few things like the fact that it should be in the curriculum, number one, that um, my hope actually is that I, as a non-registered nurse, can create <laughs> educational content for um, postgraduate nursing courses. So yeah. they have to do a certain number of hours of CPD per year. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if I could create a course that just gives an intro about this this health topic? I don't know if they would accept it. <laughs> um, so, so there's that. Um, and then there's basically... Um, advising that nurses should be aware that some patients are very sensitive to EMF mm-hmm. um, and what they can do about that, um, things like that. So so that's the science side of what I'm doing that's sort of going on in the background. Yeah. And then um, actually this week uh, we'll be going, so you're the first to hear this, <laughs> I'll be going live with um, an announcement that um, a friend and I are actually producing a documentary called Nerves on Fire, which will explore the the journeys of individuals who are very sensitive to electromagnetic radiation and looking at you know what happened to them and the impact mm. socially. So a good nurse, good some of it. Um, good nurse on fire. What did you say? Nerves. nerves oh, good nerves on fire. Okay. Nerves yeah. on fire. Sorry. It's, it's, yeah. You can look at the website's there, but it's. Yeah. Just oh, you've got a website trip. already. So I haven't. I haven't told anyone. You guys are the first to know. Hey, <laughs> yeah, boy. thank you thank you yes the nurse on fire and the website is actually up it's just i haven't shared it so it's it's there and it's yeah just giving the intro to so you go so you're gonna interview you interview how many people yeah are you looking or do you have a pool do you have a have like a short list of yeah who we're approaching and then it might you know grow from there we don't want to make it too long and too big yeah yeah, yeah. it's going to be very time consuming but something like 40 minutes long yeah. Looking at this concept of EHS, which is electromagnetic hypersensitivity. So you seem like you really want to get this, like, into real, like, journals, into into the academia, yeah. into the 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 system itself. 
that is blocking this. So you're sort of going – the system is doing something and you're trying to play something inside the system. But what the system is doing is blocking you from doing that. That's the Exactly. It's a tough So uh, that's why we're going to look for a different – um, journal, a journal that's perhaps more environmentally focused, like health in the environment rather than a nursing journal, because I think like, just like you just said, I think we're going to be blocked. Yeah. They just, they don't want it. They don't want it in their journal. Dirty stuff. They don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, doesn't that just show that the the whole industry is controlled? That's just exactly. I was thinking that this morning before I came to, to, to see you and I was thinking, I, I want to convey the fact that Changing science is really difficult if you're going against what the mainstream, you know, mm. science wants you to think. And and it's there and you can have science, you know, within science, but it's just it's just censored or yeah. How can you have, you know, thousands of papers in the evidence base and be told that what you're doing is not evidence based? Yeah. It's just crazy. It makes no sense. I know. So this documentary, you've started it already, or you guys are on yeah, the works we're kind for of, it? Yeah, we're on. Yeah, we're, we're we're working on it. And when do you yeah. think this will? I don't know. Like I, I don't know. We started planning this six months ago, and we're still only here. But things to, and I, I'm just so busy with everything else as well. Mm. So. No, I hear you. I hear you. And you've done you've done a bit of a press run before yourself. Do you want to elaborate on that? And then we'll get into Digital Streets. We'll finish there. Yeah, you mean like with my daughter? Yes. Yeah, I mean. So what happened and what was the whole situation? Yeah, well, 2014, my daughter, who was then five, got diagnosed with a giant brain tumor um, and was left with a really life-threatening fallout. She began to gain a kilo a week of weight mm-hmm. it was going to take her life it was so rapid within six months she was in a wheelchair because the weight gain was so rapid it just hurts to move about and we were told as parents to get used to it and when I started to try and do some research for ways to help her told to just let us do our job just step back and be a parent um and so I knew that we were going to lose her if we weren't going to do something ourselves so my husband mm-hmm. and I did a lot of research and we ended up leaving the country to go to Egypt to get yeah. done what we needed to get done because they wouldn't do it here. Um, and so, yeah, along that way, we had heaps of media coverage. I mean, we were on the front page of the the tele- Daily Telegraph at one point. We were on the morning show with Koshi and whatever mm. it's called, Sunrise. I don't know what it's oh, called. Yeah. There was a Channel 9, followed us to Adelaide. We had Channel 7 come with us to Toronto. Like, we had heaps. Um, but I, I accepted the, the, the media interest and I, you know um, – went along with it because I, I kind of felt that I needed public support behind what I was doing because we yeah. were doing things that were out of the box. And I was worried that somebody would report the fact that we were requesting procedures that hadn't been done before in a seven-year-old girl. So it, these procedures had been done in Egypt or did they just go, you know what, we're going to help this yeah. little girl? She was a medical world first. And in, in a few things, there was one thing that I did that I managed to, to do with a doctor here that was a medical world first. I got that published in a peer-reviewed journal, by the way. 
Oh. Can I just drop that in? <laughs> just that's slide important. That. No, that's just, important. Just yeah, that's very important. Sliding that important. in. That was my first publication. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then we need to get this one published too. The lap band mm. was very useful because it, it basically stalled the weight gain um, and, and enabled her to start walking again without the wheelchair. And I, I just think it saved her life. And, and it hadn't been done before on a child her age ever for any health condition, let alone the condition that she had. Yeah. How is the Egyptians able to risk something for, to help a child and Australians can't do it? That yeah, is yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Sorry, what, what's, mm. the, what's the type of cancer? What's she called? had a craniopharyngioma. So it's called, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, uh, hers was giant. Um, and it's spread, so sort of not systemically malignant, locally malignant in that it spreads through um, surrounding brain structures mm-hmm. um, and can lead to a very poor quality of life afterwards. So what did the Egyptian doctors do exactly? What was the yeah. procedure and then what was the result? So she, because of the damage to the hypothalamus, it's the structure in the brain that governs metabolism. Mm. This is why she was gaining weight. So she wasn't overeating, but the the the, the nervous signaling and the, the, the neural hormonal signaling was just so screwed up that even like looking at lettuce couldn't you know, make her gain weight. Um, so the lap band basically- Whoa, rewind that. What do you mean? That's in- She would gain weight even on a very um, calorie restricted diet. Um, so it, yeah, so- so is it the body is hardwired to obesity? So it's grabbing the negatives from food and holding it and storing it and creating it into fats. Fat. Yeah, and wow. yes, and at the same time, so your body is in starvation mode, so it wants to hold on to everything that you eat and makes you tired and fatigued all the time too because it thinks you're starving. So it just wants you to to rest and eat and eat. Yeah. So she was she wasn't eating that much but the metabolism was so screwed up and she just couldn't stop thinking about food she just could not stop thinking all the time i'm starving yeah so her quality of life was horrific you know she'd survive this tumor but what was the life that she had afterwards it was just unbearable for a parent to be told to get used to it yeah you gotta be kidding me no way yeah and so we did find somebody here who was willing to do the procedure but in the end the hospital disagreed didn't want to do it so we found another doctor another hospital who did agree and then her own doctors didn't want to be part of it <laughs> is it there was it one of those last minute pullouts like i hate when doctors and lawyers do that they will take a a client and a patient all the way down and then at the end just before the case or just before the procedure they'll be like all right so this doctor is now taking over was yeah. it one of those cases? It, it went on like we were told when I when I get back from my travels, we'll do it. And then he got back from his travels, like he, and the travels took like four to six weeks. Like you know, every week you're gone is another kilo yeah. of weight gain, and that she may never lose. Anyway, the end. He got back and still no, still no, still no. And I just reached my breaking point, and I was like, "That's it. I'm going to book a flight." Within three days, we were out of the country. Within a week, she'd had it. They cut it out, or did they? So they put Strap yeah yeah the, something. The lap band's like a, um it's like a little clip that goes over the esophagus yeah um and you you can inflate it with fluid to make it tighter. Hers has no fluid in like there's nothing in it. Just the fact that it's sitting on the esophagus seems to do something mm. to the neurology of the esophagus and, and makes her feel satiety after she eats yep. and in between meals and has helped her stabilize. So what's the so the difference between that and because I know the procedure of getting your stomach yeah 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 um taped up yeah it's yeah i guess i guess getting your stomach taped up is just it it makes you not feel as hungry as well 
So what's what's the difference? Is there a neurological difference yeah. between the two? Two different hormones too. Yeah. So I know that people I know people who have had the sleeve gastrectomy, that is yeah. when they cut half the stomach, and also gastric bypass. Um from what I can tell, um the lap band from yeah. just looking at Hannah seems to be um long t- long term, mm-hmm. I think better because it's removable. You can take it out. Oh so right. If okay, she, yeah. If she wants, it can be taken yeah. out. Um so there's no permanent you know, change to her bodily structures. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it just seems, and again, she's just one case. So for her, it would be a case report that we could publish. It's not a trial. So I don't know how other kids would do, but let's just say her quality of life is really good. Yeah. And have you, I know you've gone the medical science route. Have you looked at naturopathy? Have you looked at different diets? What? Loads. We did keto. We've done, yeah, loads of herbal homeopathics, energy healing, everything. And we're still ongoing because, you know. Yeah. So when you, when you went to keto and put her body into ketosis and moved her from eating carbs into the body processing fats for energy, did that help at all? No, it didn't. Like, and for, I know for some people it has helped, but for her yeah. it didn't. And it sent her blood fats sky high, like da- high. dangerously high. Yeah, her, her blood on blood tests ended up looking fatty. Like they would report that they would take out the blood and just spill oh, it. Wow. It didn't look good. So we had to stop. We did that for a full eight months. Like I was really committed and she was in ketosis every day. Yeah. It wasn't good for her. And is that the only diet that, what, what diet is she on now? She's, she's you know, pretty much vegan. I mean, I'm vegan. So pretty much vegan diet. Um, she lives on salads, vegetables. She just, yep. yeah. How long have you been vegan for? Yeah. Uh, 10 years and vegetarian. 10 years as well. Yeah. And vegetarian before that? Yeah, my whole life vegetarian. Your whole life? <laughs> Nah, I don't <laughs> believe that. You're telling me you've never eaten meat. I'll tell you something about myself. Um, I was born not able to eat. Like my mum would put it on a spoon and try and hide it in vegetables and I would just gag. Like I knew, no. And then when what? I was old enough to know that that was a cow, like age two or three, I said, because I, I just always thought something dodgy about me. There's something not right about me. And so I'd, I point to this, whatever it was, sausage or a burger and ask my dad, you know, what's that? And he said, that's dead cow. And I just thought, how can you do that? How <laughs> can you? Not the cow, ma. Not the cow. What's that, bro? No, it remind me of um, what's uh, what's her name? The daughter's name from Family Guy. Uh, Meg. Meg. <laughs> like, not the cow. Not the- <laughs> he, you, you don't. Um, you eat cow, yeah? Man, I eat everything. Yeah. That's I've, I went on. That's a- probably the issue. <laughs> <laughs> I went on. Um. Yeah, I'm the total opposite. You're a meat eater. I'm a meat eater. Yeah. When on a carnival diet, uh, like when COVID hit, I, I, everyone thought it was insane at the start. You know, when you saw images of people face planting in China, you sort of thought it was as real as can be. And it's very, very, very deadly. Now, I don't think it's as deadly. I'm yet to, on a verdict of what it is. Um, it's a coronavirus, but we've always had coronavirus. So when that hit, I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to get all the meat consumption that I need. So then I was like, all right, I need to go back to a normal diet. And man, like I get all like bad skin and everything like when on a normal diet and yeah, when I'm on carnivore diet. I'm sparring things like it's, it's not like a movie, like things slow down when you're sparring and that, but there's so much more clarity 
and I did try vegan mm. for a little while. It just, I don't know, it just wasn't for me. My like, I felt a bit depleted at times, and yeah, it just, it just wasn't, uh, wasn't, yeah, wasn't a thing for me. But I've always loved meat ever since I was young. So, what haven't you actually had at all? What have you tried? What meats have you tried? I mean, I remember. You've had a steak. No, no, never. I've tried, never tried one of those. <laughs> Bruh. Yeah. What, lad? What? That's you haven't had a steak. Uh, you know, my. What? My. Oh, my, my uh, dude. I don't know. Really I feel. Uh, I can <laughs> cook you one up. Do you want one? Like, go. What? You may feel good. Um, yeah, I, I, my mum's my been vegetarian all her life, and I was a bad kid, you know, and like, I would. Um, oh, you to, a naughty boy! I, mean, I was naughty, man. I was like, <laughs> like if she would, should make something. I was try to sneak in, like a wrapping, like chicken into something. Make oh, it, try to make it, good. but she would know it. But she would know, it, like that's got chicken in it. Get it away from me! Like, um, but I'll try to make her eat it. <laughs> Lol. is your mom still vegetarian? Yeah, she's never had meat. Never had meat. Oh, she's really? Never had meat. Yeah, she used to eat, eat eggs, but it's, I mean, she still eat eggs, but. Yeah. Oh, that's me. That's blows my mind. That what? So what have you had? Okay, because as well, like I, I, I also struggle as a vegetarian before I went vegan. Um, when my second daughter was born, um, I struggled with the idea of even milk coming from cows, and I struggled with the I, I, eggs. Are just really never ready. So, yeah, I was just like hardwired, born to really not want animal products inside my body. Right. It's just something that's hardwired. Yeah, I was born on a farm, so yeah, we killed chickens and ate them. You know, but at least see, see, the thing is, at least you were doing it. Like, I yeah. think people who eat meat and they're so disassociated from the fact that there is a killing. Yeah, know, that's I, what I, I that hurts respect, me as well. I respect that hurts the fact me, that yeah. you took part in that, so yeah. you're taking full responsibility for that. Like, yeah. that's that's not hypocritical. Yeah, no, that's, if I'm that's, that's in alignment. Yeah, a hundred percent. I like. I think people really need to know where where yeah. their meat comes yeah. from. They need to see it. Like when we go back to Brazil, like we still kill it. Like my family still kills it. I don't eat pork, but they still kill a pig and share it amongst mm. the family. Still kill a chicken, all like at home. And it's like, it's a celebration mm -hmm. almost. It's like, uh, oh, they're coming over from Brazil. Like we got to be nice because they're not rich at all. So yeah. they're like, be, then a nice thing in those types of cultures is to make food and the most cleanest food possible. Yeah. So, yeah, amazing, dude. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And there's nothing that you'd you'd want to try, like I like, uh, yeah, no. I mean, the only thing that I like miss I, is the smell of cooked cheese. But even I just wouldn't even want to go there now. A, a, ch a chicken burrito. This guy's he's drooling out of his mouth as we say that a chicken burrito. <laughs> like, um, like I've, I've had some stomach issues recently in the last two three years, and uh, and uh, yeah, man, if. If I have to eat cheese and die, then so be it. <laughs> love cheese, love cheese. Love cheese, cheese is good, man. Cheese That's the one thing of uh, the carnivore diet that was good was the, because um, you can still eat cheese. So that was the good part, just being able to eat the fats and eat the cheese and everything. But it's weird because like you, I don't feel like the humans are, comp even though yeah. I'm like, I'd say carnivore, my body type, 
I don't think humans are carnivores. Mm -mm. However, for some reason it works for my body Mm. and it works for other people like Jordan Peterson, um, Michaela Peterson. It fixed a lot of their issues and it's a whole community um, just like the vegan community has yeah. fixed a lot of yeah. people's issues and that's why I think we're complicated beings yeah, totally. and I don't think the medical science, ha- they mm. think that they have all the answers but they yeah. really don't. That's why I asked about the yeah. naturopath and yeah. if you've mm. gone down Those. that. Yeah, for me that was, you know, uh, going from sort of, yeah, nursing to, wow, homeopathy and I, that's when my awakening started. I actually began to wake up then like, oh, homeopathy, but it doesn't work, but maybe it does. And yeah, and then, on new world. Awesome. I could talk to you for mm. so long. We, we'll definitely have you in in future because you're a very interesting person. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. very, and your, your tenacity and audaciousness to just tackle so many fields and just, not stop until it's just done. Like it, the book is published, everything's up. You're there speaking. You're you're when they ask you about the five G, you give them an eight thousand page document. I spent a week <laughs> writing that. They didn't read it. <laughs> so good, so good. But yeah, we could talk for a lot longer. But we'll get into digital streets. So this is a segment that we have where we look at news topics and um, that are trending at the minute. And we give our take on it. And then we say if we agree with the topic or if we don't agree. Mm -hmm. And generally news these days is just opinion pieces. That's why we have this. Yeah. (laughs) It's insane. All right. Three, two, one. All right, bruh, hit us with the first take. What do we got? Okay, so we got this one. All right, what is it? What do we got? Uh, COVID banned, uh, travel ban to Australia begins today with a jail and fines for those who breach it. So anyone returning uh, from India will be fined or jailed uh, two, five years. Suck a dick. What? Yeah, so anyone flying? Yeah, so a temporary tra- travel ban between India and Australia begins today uh, with anyone breaching the rule to face up to five years in jail and or heavy fines in a move which some experts say may be illegal. I'll say. A thousand percent it's illegal, mm. dude. You're, a, you're blocking your own citizens of your country and you're essentially making them refugees mm. in another country. Yeah. So critics have described as a government's move as immoral and un-Australian. Senior government ministers defend the, the ban, saying it was based on expert medical advice done uh, to protect Australians. 57% of positive cases in quarantine had been arrived from India. Foreign minister, blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's bullshit. That is such bullshit. That is the, the most. 57%. Yeah. How many cases is that? Probably like a 55 in Australia. Exactly. <laughs> we haven't had that many fa- cases over here. Naomi, I'll let you go first, actually. I will, I've been yeah just, chirping at this. Just, what are your thoughts? What's your take? Can you just like pause it right there with the fine of 6-6? Yeah, There's another fine, which is like 6-6-6. Like the fines are very interesting. 
Why are you on the sixes? <laughs> Don't go to bed. That's, that's quite demonic. <laughs> Could there be any other number? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I, I posted about this on Facebook yesterday. It's like, you know, COVID is COVID, whether it's Indian COVID or COVID from Lanzarote in the Canary. Like, it's, it's COVID. So, so why put people in prison if they try and get back here. What's what's different about their COVID? It's still COVID. So yeah. either quarantine works or it doesn't. Yes. So if it doesn't work, then why are we doing it anyway? Yes, 100%. That's well, that's a good fucking point. Is, is, is there a point then that it's clogging up quarantine? They're not clogging up quarantine. They're no. not. That's not their argument. So what is it about Indian COVID that they're freaking out about? Or is it just a scare tactic? Yeah. Have you seen those uh, news? Uh, there's there's a bunch of photos of news articles that are coming out from India at the minute. Well, they're using it, but they're photos from a gas leak oh, yeah, in yeah. May. I know. I shared my first fact check. I shared a fact check for the first time. And it was <laughs> that, that people were posting the gas leakage yeah. as people dying on the street from COVID yeah. last week. It didn't like. There's multiple of I them. I know. How can like? How can how can they even do that? Like, I've shared that with you, and yeah. I was like trying to get your thoughts on it. Yeah. Right. Because he's got family in India. Yeah. So, give us an update, lad. Uh, you di- he didn't reply in the group chat too. He avoided it every time. I didn't avoid. It. I just I just didn't know enough in, into it because like. Um, the Indian government uh, are just messing up uh, any media uh, and they're, they're blocking stuff and everything. So I don't know what really what's going on. I can only tell you what's going on with my my family, you know, like, but my, my family is different because all my family in, in India have got the vaccination now. Right. Because and, they're sh- and they're the warrior race. Oh. No, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Are they Cause sheiks? Because my, my Sikhs. Sikhs. No, I'm, I'm not a Sikh. Sikh. Uh, but because um, my mum has, uh, my, my auntie has uh, muscle dystrophy. Right. So uh, she's a vulnerable. So um, everyone had to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, everyone in my mum's side of the family, um, big, some nurse had the COVID and gave it to everyone. Mm-hmm. So my parent, my uh, my family members got COVID. Wait, you're making it seem though that your fa- your mum is in India. No, mum, my auntie, my auntie. My okay, auntie, my auntie. I okay. I, I was like, wait, your mum's in Canberra, lad. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, what? Do you do? What? So which? What, what? What is the background? Uh, race Hindu? Uh, uh, um, yeah. Hindi. Hindu, yeah. Hindi. Hindi is the language. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. 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 Yeah, I um I also sent that one yesterday to him. That it was just a shot of India and it was just business as normal. And it was a citizen like that lived there that was filming I've seen the that. bottom. I know. You know I've got a friend, um, one of the mums of the kids at school. And so she has lost two cousins to it. So, yeah. So, you know, like my husband's from Egypt and I know they've had multiple waves and people that we know have also died from it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like big time and hospitals are totally full. Do you know what I mean? So, so... Like, I think part of the PSYOP is that there's going to be truth. Like, a lot of it's going to be true. It's going to be so much that isn't true. And, like, mm. figuring out what the heck is true is the mind game, you know, because, mm. because if people people are dying, people I know know people who are dying, yet when the media are doing this, I just think there must be some massive bullshit going on because I don't believe anything in mainstream media. Mm. 
That's yeah. yeah. And the, the other thing in India as well, like the the, the prime minister right now, he's from a um, a conservative Hindu nationalist party, and um, like for example, they found a way to blaming COVID on Muslims um, last year, and recently they had a um, that a riot, whatever, recently a protesting recently, and they didn't push towards people wearing masks or doing, having distances or whatever, but they're not mm. saying now, oh, it's Hindus. Like, but they, they, they are using COVID yes. to push their little agendas but against anti-Muslims or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's the sentiment that I have is that I also – I just don't believe it's as deadly mm. and I don't believe that it requires – all these, it requires four masks and you people not being able to see their family members, especially when they're dying. Like when your grandma or grandfather is about to die and you can't see them because there's a possibility of you having COVID, they, well, they're about to die. Like... You should be able to just go and and then you got, you know, celebrities and people that are allowed to fly everywhere and they're all good. That's just, yeah, it makes my blood boil. Mm. But in terms of the virus itself, uh, it could be a stronger, um, like, flu strand. Like, it could be. It could be, it could be a stronger, deadlier flu strand and that's a high possibility. But in terms of it being this incredibly deadly, insane thing that is brought a pandemic upon the world and that young people should be vaccinated to help the elderly and that the government really cares about the elderly. It's, it's, it's a bit far-fetched to me anyway. Oh, it's, it's yeah. If, if you're still talking about India, like they, this whole thing – because they're backed up by like the Hindu way, or whatever you know, and like that people like trying to cow urine, urine therapy and stuff like that. So stupid that getting people to drink cow piss. Did it work? <laughs> I don't know, like did it? Of course, it, it fucking didn't work. That's just stupid. Like I've never heard. Anyway, <laughs> um, and the Indian High Commission wrote a letter to. Uh, to Australia about uh, not making them look bad as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah, not making them look bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I think the Australian government should accept their citizens in. This is absolutely preposterous. Is that is that a is that the right word? I, I'll go with that. Preposterous. Word. Yeah, preposterous. Yeah, that's a good word. Let's do it. <laughs> it's a. It's it's just yeah. It's disgusting. Like mm. it's absolutely disgusting. Like if. If people are so hold on, so if I'm in America, let's pick a first world country. So if I'm in America and Australia says that there's a travel ban, I know this is in India, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I stay in America, so do I get arrested in America because yeah, I've exactly. outstayed my visa? Like, how does it work? You know what I mean? It's dumb. I give a yikes to this. That's that's me. Yes, definitely. What is it? Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> All right. What else we got, bruh? Hit us. Hit us. Take two. 
Uh, yeah. Mm, I heard about this. Do you know Joe Rogan? I don't. You've never heard of Joe Rogan. Does that not make me cool? (laughs) Wow. Really? I don't really listen to podcasts much. (laughs) But I will listen to this one. Shots fired. (laughs) (laughs) Shut man down. Man down. We have a man. Yeah. Man down, man down. <laughs> so, uh, Joe Rogan recently made a, made a comment on, on his podcast regarding uh, anti-vaccine vaccination. So, people are like, oh, you're anti-vaccination. You're you're uh, throwing out all this rhetoric, whatever. And and then Joe Rogan came out and said, uh, I'm not an anti-vax person. I believe they are safe and encourage people to people to take them right. But Rogan did not walk away, but suggested did not need the vaccine, which draw back uh, backlash from White House officials. So the White House is taking him seriously about what he said, right? But he didn't say that. He's basically mm. saying if you need it, if you're old and if you're vulnerable, you should take it. But if you're young and healthy, you should look after yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what he was saying. Yeah. Uh, and because there's all these um, people out there who twist media, who twist your words and everything. It came out wrong. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's the gaslighting. It's a, yeah. Gaslighting. Gaslight. Man, that's a word. That's it. And Dr. Fauci said, even if you don't have any symptoms, you are propagating the outbreak. So, Doctor, yeah, he also came against Joe Rogan. What are your thoughts, even Naomi? I don't. That's just... Where do you even start? There, there isn't a solid scientific evidence base saying that non-asymptomatic spread the freaking virus. So yeah. how can he be saying that? The thing is, once you get started with this, it's just... <laughs> it's a snowball God, effect. This that, is, yeah. yeah, I tend to just not read MSM because it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's like... it. Look, it is fair enough. Fauci has backflipped so much, and I understand... What's his reasoning behind backflips is that science evolves and science evolves itself. So one day he's saying, don't wear a mask. The next day he's saying, put the whole box in your face. And the science didn't change. That's the whole point. Where did the science change? Mm. Show me the study. Where's the longitudinal study that says that mask wearing is effective? Like where is that science that's supposed to have changed? Because I don't think it did change. It's just opinions did. A hundred percent. And if he is changing so much, if Fauci himself is changing his mind so much, Joe Rogan is fair enough to at least, at the minimum, say, look, I'm not against vaccines. Old elderly, get your vaccines. But if you're a young person, just exercise, eat vitamins. The chances of you dying from this are very, very, very slim. So... I commend him for being at least a person that's out here saying, go exercise and eat vitamins Mm. rather than like lock yourself in your room in pitch dark Mm. and don't do anything. Mm -hmm. Like just put yourself into depression. At least you're not giving or getting COVID. Yeah. And actually like a few of Joe Rogan's mates and his, uh, and the guy who produces his show as well got COVID. Do you remember? Jamie. Yeah. uh, um, Yeah. um, Young Jamie got, got COVID 
Um, he had it for like a week or two. And yeah, Brendan Schaub and uh, Brendan Brian Callan as well. Brian they all got it and they all spoke about it and everything and they were fine. And they just, they just ate better and got had a lot of vitamin. The two high amounts of, uh, was it? D. But D and zinc D or something. And C. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, they were fine. Um, but here's the other thing is that um, through the whole corona, whatever, uh, it's happened last year and a half, no one's advertising for better health. They're continuously advertising to wear masks or all the other things, but no one's saying, "Hey, can we guys eat better? Or can we use the some vitamins we, we need? Take those." Um, I mean, we had this conversation recently. Uh, I've been drinking oat milk recently because I thought oat milk was the best. Because I, you know, I'm trying to drink less dairy because the dairy milk in 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 Australia it's rubbish. Right, and then you go. Hold on, bro. I'm nah, gonna nah, not nah, let nah, you nah, go nah. out my not, dairy like that. Nah. Excuse <laughs> me. We have great cows, all right. Yeah, we we, we yeah. might not worship them, <laughs> but they're decent. They're they're, they're honest working cows. We, we eat them. We eat them. It's great. <laughs> uh, but um, and he goes, oh, but the oat milk has like ten percent oats. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, I don't fucking believe you. And that, you can't press oat. So yeah. then it's just oil. Oil, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, now I don't drink oat milk. But that's the thing, like, <laughs> but that's the thing, like, you, you can't win because, like, because of media and because of marketing, I think, ma- sorry, but marketing is really killing us as humans, you know, like, it's, it's all about money. And bad marketing. Bad yes. marketing, yeah. And, 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 and continuously... Um, manipulates people's minds the weak minds out there people not weak minds minds that who don't float in these areas yeah right like um like i just said made a comment about dairy like uh in, in a lot of other countries they drink unpasteurized unhomogenized milk right and it's better for your stomach but the reason why we don't have it here it's illegal because mass uh consumption has made uh, companies have more milk and, and so more cows and feeding cows is random shit, right? Mm. Cows can't eat grain and they have like eight stomachs, you know, but they can't eat grain. It, it damages them, you know, whatever. And they give antibiotics and all the other shit they give them, you know? So if we have unpartial homologous milk from those cows, definitely we'll die. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be good for us. Mm. So mm. It's, it's a weird thing. And I think, I think it's about time. I think people start... Look, look, to, looking towards better health, you know. Yeah, I a thousand percent agree, and I agree with Joe Reagan. Mm. Mm. Same. So the podcast clarifies vaccination comment. I'm not anti-vax. Yeah, no shit. Like that's a yeah, that's a yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yay. <laughs> All right, what else we got, bro? What else we got? Police reform. Uh, police reform banning assaults, weapons, looking beyond COVID nineteen, taking takes away from Joe uh, Joe Biden's address to Congress. So we're walking away from COVID now. Okay, we're going into gun control. Mm-hmm. All right. 
A call for police. So what is this? In the first address of the Joint Sessions Congress, President Joe Biden both looked back on his first 100 days in office and laid out a vision for the future and his administration. From talking about increasing taxes on the rich to urging Congress to take action on gun violence and police reform. Joe Biden says, I can report to the nation, America is on the move again turning peril into possibility, crisis into opportunity, setback into strength, life can knock us down. Okay. But in America, we never stay down. That was from Joe Biden, the president goals to achieve during his first 100 days in office, a milestone he will pass on Friday, a benchmark, while arbitrary has been a standard by which presidents have held themselves accountable for delivering on policy priorities. Don't forget Reservel for. Uh, can you go down? So, what is he talking about? So he's trying to ban assault weapons. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Well, of course, the Black, black Lives Matter and everything is happening. So he's he's cutting down on um, weapons and these are new, all the new reforms that he's putting through. Um, and yeah, that's going to be a big backlash, uh, especially in the right. Wing. It's it's the Second Amendment, is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts, Naomi? What are your thoughts on um, the Second Amendment itself? Actually, don't don't even worry about what Joe's saying here because half the time Joe doesn't know what the fuck he's saying. Anyway, so what are your thoughts on the Second Amendment and the assault on it that America's going through right now? Yeah, because like in years gone by, I would always just think, oh, why do they want guns anyway? Oh, you know, why are they so pro their guns? Yeah. But you know what? After 2020, you can kind of get why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a lot more sympathy for that now. I mean, I'm not a violent person. I don't like violence, but I, I kind of understand a bit more now mm. the bigger picture. Um, and yeah, the fact that Biden is is coming out saying this so early on does not surprise me at all. Um. Yeah, first 100 days. Yeah. I think they need to protect that constitution. Yeah. I think for, for, I think it's the only document possibly in the world, I'm not too sure, um, as definitely Western world, that is for its citizens. Every other document has always been made after the Commonwealth has come in Mm -hmm. and it's part of the Commonwealth. That was a civil war and the people won and they go, this is for the people. Mm. So the fact that that is in there, it's in there for defense. It's not in there as it, like, they're not saying grab your weapons and kill your neighbors. It's literally says against tyranny. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. This And for me, this is a yikes, really. Biden needs to just... And do, not, and not do surprising something, yikes. But not... And not surprising yikes. Yeah, 100%. What uh, are your thoughts on Biden while he pu- pulls up the next one? Looks like he's got some, you know, cognitive issues. <laughs> uh, Have you seen some of his gaffes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he's just, okay, how about this? How about this? Do you think he's just a yeah. innocent old man no. that is just sniffing? I've seen the sniffing videos. There's nothing innocent <laughs> about that. 
Yeah, no. And that was all, like, all of that stuff, of course, is buried from the mainstream. When that stuff is buried, then you know that there's something that should be looked into. Do you know what I don't get? A person that... How, like, you've been in public office for so long, you don't really understand in depth of how, you know, the stock market works and how investments work because you've been in the public field for so long. So how can you run the country if you have been doing that? I don't really get that. I understand delegation is a thing, but you should have a grasp understanding of the entire private financial system Mm. and to grab a grasp of understanding, you must have worked in it. Mm -mm. So for a public official to not have done that and be thinking they can manage that Mm. amount of money Mm. is nuts. But then again, is really the president, the guy. Yeah. That's the other question. It is. All right. What else we got, bro? Um, Got another one here from, once again, from India as well. Uh, just leading on from the last conversation we just had. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So a major battle over free speech and social media is playing out in India during the pandemic. So what has happened because of the, um, in the, I'll, just, I'll, just, sorry, I'll just read it down. In recent, in recent weeks, the Indian government has requested the co- companies like Twitter take down content that it says it contains misinformation about the COVID-19 pandemic. But critics say that India's political leadership by, under Prime Minister Narendra Modi is using the premise of misinformation to overreach and suppri- suppress criticism of the administration's handling of the pandemic. It seems like we're just back in yeah. World War Two. It's it's it seems like it's always a media battle now. Like now now the governments are saying because they're getting exposed now they're shutting things off now. You know like and and because of that we can see it. Like we're not stupid. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, back in Nazi they had um, Nazi times. Back in Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> they had um what was it it was a uh it wasn't misinformation it was there was a word for it propaganda the opposite propaganda propaganda no it was a control of information as well like it wasn't it wasn't just propaganda going out it was literally you couldn't have the other side like you didn't have a voice of the other side because it wasn't allowed to get out and that's literally what misinformation is is like if you, those videos that we've seen from India, the, if you're trying to rely on the news of mainstream media to put things out, we just spoke about that. They, they're using gas footages from last year. So, yeah, that makes, that makes no sense. What are your thoughts on this? What's his name? No, the Modi. 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 Yeah. Modi. Now do an Indian accent. Modi. No, Indian accent, dickhead. That's Modi. <laughs> that sounds so Aussie. Is it? Is it? <laughs> Bro, I swear I'm doing a mad accent then. It sounded Indian to me. Modi, no, no I don't. I'm not going to. Shake the head and I'm try not again. shaking my head. <laughs> I'm shaking shake my head. I will not do. All right. <laughs> I think that's too much. <laughs> I will you do the accent. I'll do the accent. But shaking my head is a little too much. <laughs> 
Why do you guys do the bobblehead thing? Sorry? What's with the bobblehead? Okay, so this is the best way I can explain it, right? Which is that um, in India, like uh, everything is all got to do with respect and that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and not being higher than someone, not being lower than someone, right? So mm-hmm. it's if you're listening, like you're listening to me right now, yeah. your your gestures are just like your your certain gestures. Like even Italians have certain gestures. Right. Everyone in the At, world has goes like this. this. Yeah. India goes, goes like, like this. this. <laughs> like why? But it's, it's because the, the, the listen. It's actually one way of listening. They, they, yep, I'm accepting the information. Like we do this. We, we're, like, yeah. But, but why? This it's one? just how it is. This is part of uh, the gesturing system, I guess, in in, in India. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Because sometimes I'm speaking to like an Indian, and he's going like. That, but then at the end, he's like, yes, yes. I agree. Yeah. Like, you've yeah. been shaking your head at me the whole time, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like they're, they're processing the Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. What are your thoughts on misinformation and social media platforms blocking our information? And you're, you're a victim to this. You're right now managing a page, 48,000 people on it. And you literally have to cipher through every post to make sure it sits within the guidelines of Facebook. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And like even on my own public page, um, I've been thrown in Facebook jail for sharing. Like uh, I, I shared an ABC news news article. It was from the ABC. So mainstream talking about ivermectin as a, as a treatment for COVID. It was giving one doctor's perspective. But that threw me in jail for three days. So it's so- just... Just for sharing and a mainstream media piece suggesting that ivermectin may help people with COVID. What That's is three days in jail? Okay, what what is what is ivermectin? Ivermectin is an it's an antiparasitic drug, but there are, I think now it's like fifty two peer reviewed studies have found that it's very very effective in treating early and even like um, you know the ongoing COVID symptoms. What do they call it? Late COVID or something? No, what is it called? Um, the long, long COVID when you have the long COVID symptoms. So it's, yeah, it's supposed to be with long doctors, COVID, long COVID, Naomi. Long COVID. Long COVID is a thing. It's a thing. No, apparently people who get it. There's short COVID and long COVID. Yeah, you can get it, get over it. And then you can get it and you can get some ongoing fatigue and respiratory problems because of the, I think it's to do with the the blood clotting um, stuff. Yeah. Um, and tiredness and headaches can continue afterwards. So it's even helpful in treating long COVID. I have a mech you can't talk about it in fact i don't even know if i should say that word is this this go on youtube yes because <laughs> i have been banned yeah 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 the, the, one one episode did get yeah, taken yeah, down yeah yeah you might want to go beep over the word ivermectin and whenever i write it on my page i write the i with a one and then i write the e with a three really yeah, you gotta you go that about, deep yeah. you can't talk about ivermectin on facebook oh, wow yeah. ivermectin yeah. Yeah, look, look, is this an oh. oral thing? Oh, yeah, guys, yeah. I've never heard of this. Guys, we could talk about this from the beginning. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, it's very, very effective. Um, so yeah, how do you spell it? Um, Ivermectin is I-V-E-R-M-E-C-Mectin, T-I-N, with doxycycline, which is antibiotic, oh, and zinc. Yeah, so there's a website, I think it's called C19 something, and it's got all the clinical trials to date. That's what Craig Kelly was basically taken down from Facebook for talking about ivermectin. Really? That's, yeah, it's 
very, very effective for COVID. And it's, it's an antiparasitic, like a worming drug. Cattle, give it to cattle, horses have it. So you can't get it here in Australia. Like there's there's nothing that you can't find ivermectin for humans. And what? finding for, for animals. So I ordered some cattle ivermectin. It's a liquid and it's given through a subcut injection, but humans have taken it orally with an oil. You can't even get that. And they don't even know when they're gonna get more in. Like there's surprisingly no ivermectin in Australia. The one thing that has been found to be very, very good at treating. What? COVID. Mm. I did not. I did. Yeah. I really didn't know that. And you as a nurse, these blood clots situation, why aren't people just giving given blood thinner medication before they're given the vaccine? Yeah, I guess. I mean- like you mean, should they be given like a blood thinning? Before? Yeah. I guess because it would, it might then increase the risk of hemorrhagic strokes. So say they haven't got a clotting issue, and then you give them like something that thins the blood, they then may get like a brain bleed or something like that. I suppose too many is risky to play with blood uh, viscosity. I That's guess. very scary because one of our friends, um, he got home the other day, and his granddad uh, that he looks after had just got given the vaccine, and then he he was saying well, aren't you scared of the blood clots? And then his granddad was like, nah, I've taken some... Um, like aspirin or something, that would be probably be all right. No, nah, not aspirin. aspirin. Like, I mean, blood thinning, proper, proper blood thinning um, medicine. Mm. Scary. I hope that's not the case. And, uh, yeah, his granddad is all good. Mm. All right, last one. Hit us, bro. Hit us. Z, last digital streets for that's today. That's oh, that's that's it? We're finished? All, yeah. Awesome. That's Perfect. That's four. No, that's killer. I'm going to look up um, Ivermectin. Be- yeah, me too, man. Oh. Yeah, I'll show you the website. Yeah, definitely send me some mm-hmm. stuff. 52 peer-reviewed studies. I mean, I've been emailing my GP about this because at the beginning I said, look, this this the whole globe has come to a stop because of this virus and here is something that people are finding is treating it like really well yeah he's like oh it's all anecdotal i'm like no that there, there is there are peer review studies why doesn't he know about it so i'm sending in the stuff and what's he saying he's really far away he, he doesn't yeah, reply to my go. emails <laughs> he doesn't know i think i think he's sick of me emailing him now oh i think he's falling he's sick of you emailing him <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I wish, I wish we i wish this came up earlier man this is fantastic the ivermectin is available it's supposed to be available mm. in india can, in, can, a, in a home yeah. pack with doxycycline and zinc they were talking about this six months ago so i don't know why the situation is so bad if the, if this truly is available in india which it's supposed to be i mean as a as a, as a home treatment pack the three drugs together was supposed to be available in india oh, wow Hold on, let me just look that up. Um, that's yeah, that's that's insane. So yeah, why why isn't it not available in Australia? Well, it is usually available, but for some bizarre reason, it's not over the last year. You can't get it. Like I have contacts looking into even like you know big um, stock places, factory, whatever. Uh, what's the word for like a big garage where you keep warehouse? Stuff. Warehouse is the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All these, yeah, there's just nothing. What? Yeah. Why is it saying outdated? India is still using a woeful, outdated COVID-19 treatment plan. Why is it, why is it outdated? Who's saying that that is? No, he's he's looking at something yeah, yeah, and we is, can't yeah, see yeah. it. Sorry, oh, sorry, like, yeah. like, like all the time, sorry. dude, sorry. all the time you do that, sorry. he's asking sorry. us like these outdated things. Outdated like, science. That's ridiculous. Like it is, it's up and rising. Like the, the clinical studies are coming out now. Um, 
I actually do have some. I managed to get some. I do keep it at home. And I want to get some to my mom in the UK just so she's got it. You can take a prophylactic dose. You can take a, a dose when you, if you've got symptoms. And then you can take the ongoing dose for long COVID if needed. And this is it, you, you just make it into a drink and drink it's it? It's a tablet. Tablet? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I and what, what is what was it meant to help for? What Worms. is it? Worms? Yeah. Yeah, it's been around 50 years. There's really very minimal adverse reactions. It's safe. Yeah, and highly effective. It's, yeah, I just- You know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask um, today my, my family because they got, as soon as they got COVID, um, they get sent a pack. It should be in that pack. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's probably why everybody recovered and was yeah, well yeah. because they took the protocol. Well, yeah, I, I did not oh, know that. Amazing. Thank you for always enlightening us, Naomi. Really appreciate it. And uh, let the guys know where they can find you and um, what you got coming up. And uh, yeah, anything that we've, we haven't discussed, uh, just let them know. So my activism is mainly on Facebook. That's Naomi Cook, former registered nurse. That's my public page. Um, Telegram, I have a, a channel there as well, which I'm trying to grow. That's Naomi Cook, former RN. Um, mm. I can say the word ivermectin there without. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, Instagram, that's just my fun gardening pics and things like that. Naomi Cookie Biscuit. Awesome. Awesome. And all of that will be in the description. Thank you so much for coming by and we'll see you guys next time. Ciao. Ciao. Whoa. Oh, that was good. I did not know that medicine existed. Yeah. and other things as well, but the main page, Ivermectin for COVID-19, up to 52 peer-reviewed trials. And so the the improvement rates, it's really, really oh, good. Wow. There's all the studies, there's the science, there's the evidence base, much more than there is for the vaccine. It just goes on and on and on. And everybody, everybody who takes it has an improvement. <laughs>